from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is the national news for week commencing November 19, 2017 and amateur licensee numbers had a small growth restoring them close to where they were about a decade ago. We'll trace the history and influences behind it, plus a way forward. Just what does it all mean? We are fortunate to have with us the eminent electronics engineer and scientist, Dr. Herman Horn, who will demonstrate for us the meaning of the word hi-fi. Well, unfortunately, he was unable to join us this week, so I'm Graham VK4BB. And the 2017 Melbourne International Hi-Fi Show. They were young, they were eager, and they came in droves. The demographic for the 2017 International Hi-Fi Show was, age-wise, heading south. Most hi-fi shows attract an ageing population, complete with the stereo, pardon the pun, stereotypical midlife audio buffs in anoraks. The StereoNet organised Melbourne show continues a trend beginning with last year's well-attended, well-received inaugural event, a trend that proves an audio show can attract a younger audience as well as rusted on older audiophiles. Official figures had the age of the average attendee pegged at 38.45, well below the 62-plus average age of most rival events. You only had to stand and watch the horde of under-35s make a beeline for any suite with turntables, streaming devices or headphones to understand what makes this audio segment tick like a well-oiled Flinders Street clock. High five. High five. High five. High five. High five. Interference on VK7RAA. We learn from the VK7WI News that Peter, VK7KPC, says he may have made a major breakthrough on solving the mysterious appearances of AM aircraft band signals on VK7RAA. You may recall we reported on this initially some months ago. The breakthrough was traced to one particular Bombardier Q400 aircraft, a current iteration of the now classic de Havilland-8. The aircraft in question appeared to be VHQOJ, operated by Qantas Link by Sunstate Airlines. Peter has been able to speak to the Sunstate Airlines maintenance team and discuss the issue. By happy coincidence, the aircraft was due in for routine maintenance at the time Peter made his inquiry. As a result, particular attention was paid to the radio installation during maintenance and a faulty antenna was detected. For good measure, the primary radio was removed, the secondary radio promoted to command status and a new secondary radio installed. The old primary rig was then dispatched to the service department for a closer inspection and testing. Needless to say, VK7RAA was and will continue to be closely monitored to see if any further errant transmissions occur. It's also understood that the staff of air services at Launceston will also be monitoring the aircraft for any strange radio emissions. Peter, well done on your efforts, which seem to have produced the required fix. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Not just what happens, but what matters. WIA policies, regulations and procedures. The Wireless Institute of Australia Board of Directors in their meeting each month are reminded of the established policies which are reviewed by directors at least once every three years. For transparency, all policies are on the wia.org.au website. The Corporate Ethics Policy covers issues of governance, 
conflict of interest, ethics, integrity, conduct and courtesy, confidentiality, media inquiries, good practice, legal compliance, bribery, corruption, equal employment opportunity and corporate communications. The other main ones are privacy, premises rental usage and club advertising in Amateur Radio magazine. Remember, it's a bi-monthly from next year. The latest is WIA policy on publication of contentious material in WIA publications. Directors abide by the WIA Constitution, the Corporations Act and meet the WIA's other statutory obligations. Australis Oscar V History Article A well-researched and illustrated story on Australia's first homegrown satellite will appear in the WIA journal Amateur Radio Magazine. WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, was a guest at a recent University of Melbourne book launch of new publication written by Dr Owen Mace. Dr Mace was one of the project members. The book gives an insight into the many practical aspects of the project. These include what triggered the students to enter the space race, the detailed attention such as environmental testing, to the funding for transporting of the satellite to America. Australis Oscar V was unique in several ways, including it being an international effort, with the package designed and built by students at Melbourne University. The feature story sets the scene 50 years ago and the role played by amateur radio at a time when space activities occupied the minds of many radio amateurs. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. Here, from Adelaide, South Australia, it is transmitted on VK5 RAD at 9am. I'm Shirley, VK5 Whale. Hi everyone, my name is Peter VK8ZZ. The board holds regular monthly meetings over two days on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. The first part of the November meeting was held just this week. We are currently considering a number of important changes to make the WAA more responsive. The most common question I get from members is what is the board doing to improve the WIA? Well, there are so many things it's hard to fit into the few minutes available to me here. Firstly, I believe the most important thing the board has done is to make the management of the WIA as transparent as possible. The WIA AGM in South Australia this year was video recorded and the board authorised the video to be released at its first meeting. In addition to that, All board minutes are now published on the WIA website every month. Secondly, the WIA has commenced a revitalisation of the committee structure. This process is ongoing and requires committees to make regular reports to the board on the committee's work. Thirdly, all members are aware that the website is in need of a fresh look. The board are currently reviewing a recommendation to appoint volunteers with an expertise in web design to an IT services committee, which will be charged with doing so. The board, through the Spectrum Management Committee, are actively seeking to allow users onto the 5 MHz band as soon as possible, but the opening up of these frequencies is being held up by existing licensees who are resisting a move away from this small allocation. This is part of the LCD submissions currently being worked on by the Spectrum Committee. The committee reviewing the constitution of the WIA has produced a draft constitution which is currently with the board. We hope to publish this in the near future in order to allow adequate amount of time for members to provide feedback on the proposed changes. The last time the constitution was amended was 10 years ago. 
the election rules have also been amended and are currently available on the WIA website. In Australia, we are very grateful for the great work, time and dedication of Peter Young, VK3MV, in his position as the coordinator of the WIA monitoring service. Also, we are very grateful to the hard-working volunteers, and in particular, John, VK4TJ, along with those other amateurs who submit reports on intruders into our bands. There have been significant incursions into our bands in recent times, and we need to report these intrusions. Reports can be easily and quickly made using the online intruder report form, which is located under the monitoring system in the four members section of the webpage. So, when you next hear a possible intruder, report the matter and help protect our bands. There is also an urgent need for more volunteers to assist the service. Volunteers need not be licensed amateurs. Indeed, shortwave enthusiasts are encouraged to make inquiries. More information can be found on the WIA website or by emailing the coordinator, Peter, VK3MV, at intruders at wia.org.au. I'm Peter, VK8ZZ. Thank you for listening. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Discussion point. Amateur licensee numbers remain stagnant, sustained by churn. In fact... A small growth over the past year, restoring licensee numbers close to where we were over a decade ago. It seems those leaving the hobby are being replaced by both new licensees and lapsed licensees returning. This churn, with some small variation, has maintained us over the years since 2006. The ACMA annual report, released in October, reveals total amateur licence numbers grew a mere 15 to 15,144, That was to June 2017. The number includes beacons, repeaters, clubs and those amateurs with multiple call signs. Wireless Institute of Australia statistician Mark Hillman, VK3OHM, has trawled through the ACMA licence register and found the total number of individual amateurs was an increase of 175 from 2016. Although not significant, it is a move in the right direction, and that was despite a fall in foundation, standard and advanced assessments to June of 2017. Shortly after the ACMA's amateur reforms, including the new foundation licence, the number of individual amateurs reached 14,002 in 2006. We do direct you to wia.org.au to read the text edition of this news. A lot easier to see the numbers in print rather than over the air, in audio. The WIA is to recommend a range of measures for the three classes of licence to make them more relevant, attractive and fit for purpose in this tech-savvy world. In 2018, the ACMA is to review and prepare a new licence conditions determination, our regulations, the LCD, giving an opportunity to reshape amateur radio here in Australia. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Burdekin, Charters Towers, Townsville and Hingebrook regions, it can be heard on the VK4 RAT Townsville VHF repeater 146.7 MHz at 9am local time every Sunday morning. On behalf of the Townsville Amateur Radio Club retransmit team, I'm Gavin, VK4ZZ. International News. 
with thanks to the IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service, VK7, VK3PC and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jenny, VK3WQ. Wireless power transfer in Milton Keynes. Amid growing concerns about the RF pollution that can be caused by wireless power transfer technology, Ofcom in the United Kingdom produced a report on the electric bus system used in Milton Keynes. Eight electric buses are charged from a standard cabled supply each night in the bus depot. During their normal daily service, they park for between 10 and 15 minutes at each end of the route, where they lower a vehicle-mounted induction loop over four induction pads set in the road. This procedure uses a wireless power transfer system to induce a charging current in the lowered induction loops. The frequency of operation of the WPT is between 15 and 20 kilohertz, and the charging is done at the rate of 120 kilowatts using four 30 kilowatt pads set into the road surface. The report notes, quote, a section of out-of-band spectrum with a raised noise floor was observed between 4.2 and 7.7 megahertz. The source was not believed to be associated with the WPT, but there appears to have been no attempt to pinpoint the cause as yet. Day of the Radio Amateur During the Day of the Radio Amateur on November the 4th, the Dutch Telecom Agency Supervision Department showed their new service vehicles used for malfunctioning equipment and related measuring activities. The Telecom Agency also imposed an administrative fine on an operator who had not used his radio call sign. Despite the warnings, the behaviour did not change resulting in this fine. The telecom agency has also distributed several, quote, yellow cards for incorrect call signs or incorrect use of radio call signs and the use of frequencies which were not assigned to the appropriate licence. Come in from the cold. Iceland plans to end ham radio call sign discrimination. Iceland's Ministry of Transport and Local Government has published draft changes to the radio regulations for comment. The National Society, Icelandic Radio Amateurs, IRA, had proposed ending the practice of highlighting amateurs who had novice call signs, where an N was added to their call sign. In addition, the IRA proposed ending another discriminatory practice, where Icelandic call signs reflected the geographic call area where a station is located. Extra frequencies for amateurs in Argentina. Southgate Amateur Radio Club News is reporting that amateur radio operators in Argentina are to gain access to the 60 metre and 630 metre bands. In addition, some of their other bands are being extended. Top band 160 metres has been extended from 1800 to 2000 kilohertz. 80 metres is now 3,500 to 4,000 kilohertz. And finally, their 30 metre band allocation is now 10.1 to 10.15 megahertz. 
the new allocations will be effective from February 2018. Countdown to World Radio Communication Conference 2019 Preparatory meetings for the 2019 World Radio Communication Conference, WRC19, were busy until last Friday, the 17th of November. The current meetings were the fourth of a series continuing until just before WRC19, which is scheduled to be held from the 28th of October to the 22nd of November, 2019. Preparatory meetings are usually held at the International Telecommunication Union headquarters in Geneva. The principal amateur radio issue is an international authorisation of the 50 to 54 MHz band in ITU Region 1, Europe, Africa and the Middle East. There are amateur delegates in Geneva, this time representing their individual delegations and or the IARU, and come from the United States, the Netherlands, United Kingdom, Germany, Japan, Norway, Brazil and Australia. Mother-daughter radio amateurs active from Nepal. Kalpana 9N1MM and her daughter Tejuswita Teju 9N1DX are active radio amateurs from Nepal's capital of Kathmandu. Husband and father Satish is 9N1AA, the first Nepali national to be licensed there. Kalpana is believed to be the first female amateur radio licensee from Nepal. An American Ginny Bayer, 9N1RA, was active in the 1970s. Kalpana's daughter is the youngest ever to obtain a ham ticket there. For VK1WIA National News, this is Jenny, VK3WQ. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WA website. 2017. November CQ WWDX CW contest November 26, 27. Running all year till the 731 Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. 2018. John Moore Memorial Field Day will be held over the weekend 17-18 March 2018 and will run from UTC 100 hours on the Saturday until 0059 on the Sunday. IAAU Hotship Championship event on 15-16 July. The 21st International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is on August 18 and 19, 2018. World War II Commemorative Day Expedition. Operators Will, AA4NC and Ron, AA4VK will be active next year from the Pacific to commemorate World War II in the months of February and March. The announced tentative schedule so far is as follows. February, Palau, T8. Saipan, Mariana Islands, KH0. March, Hawaii, KH6. The Guam Islands, KH2, are also listed, but dates have not yet been provided. QSL via the home call signs, again, AA4VK and AA4NC. AU2JCB, special event call sign from India. AU2JCB is a special event call sign to commemorate the birthday and to pay homage to the tale about the Indian scientist Chandra Bose. 
23rd November to the 11th of December. Bursa's demonstration in 1895 and 1897 predates all. Bursa transmitted wireless signals to a distance of one mile. Popov and Russia were still trying remote signalling at this time, and the first wireless experiment by Marconi was not successful until May 1897. In the Bose presentation to the Royal Institution in London in January 1897, he speculated on the existence of electromagnetic radiation from the Sun. This radiation from the Sun was not detected until 1942. 9X2IW from Kigali, Rwanda, between the 15th and the 30th of November. CWSSB Riti NFT8. QSLYM0OXO. A large team from Slovenia will be activated as TK stroke home call from Corsica between the 20th and 29th of November. The ARRL International Grid Chase, a new and exciting operating event, will kick off on January 1, 2018, when the ARRL International Grid Chase gets underway. The year-long's event objective is to work as many stations on any band, except 60 metres, in as many different maidenhead grid squares as possible, and then upload your log data to the ARRL's logbook of the world. Registration is free, and it costs nothing to use LOTW. Once you get active in the chase and start uploading your log data, each new grid square contact confirmed through LOTW will count towards your monthly total. Getting started is simple. Turn on the radio and call CQ or CQ Grid Chase, or listen for others doing the same. Make the contact, exchange grid squares, log it, and move on to another. Any contact in 2018 can count for your chase score. It doesn't have to involve an exchange of grid squares. As long as the other operators participate in the LATW, you'll get credit automatically when they upload their logs. This means that contest contacts will also count. You'll see me sail out to sea and sit in the sun so long. Rotuma bound. I'm Rotuma bound. Operators Tony, 3D2AG, Hayi, DJ9RR, Erno, DK2AMM. Hans DL6JGN and Ronald PA3EWP will be active as 3D2E from Tumor Island, OC060, between February 23rd and March 16th, 2018. They will have two radio locations on the western peninsula of Rotuma. One in Fabufa, in the south, second QDH is in Maftoa, on the northern coast. A country recognised for DXCC Rotuma's only claim to VK1WIA National News. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in Ingham. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news, beginning with ATV and Australian amateurs do first ham TV telebridge outside Europe. Led by Shane, VK4KHZ in Queensland, who handled the audio on two metres and video for a telebridge contact between the ISS and three Italian schools on November 11th, Four stations across Australia joined together to chain the live video coming from the ISS on 2.4 gigahertz. As the ISS approached Australia from the west, Martin VK6MJ in West Australia was the first to receive the video signal down from Paolo IZ0JPA and held the signal till Joe VK5EI in Adelaide picked it up and then on to Tony VK5ZAI in Kingston, southeast South Australia. Finally, as the ISS headed northeast over Queensland, Shane picked up the video signal in Glendon, where he was handling the audio for the uplink as well. 
The video from the four Australian hams was streamed live to the BATC site in Great Britain, where it was patched together to form one long video transmission so the public could watch as Paolo answered the Italian students' questions. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier D-Star 1 launch on November 28th. D-Star 1 is the first private German CubeSat and the first D-Star communications spacecraft worldwide. D-Star 1 will be launched on November 28th from Vostokny launch site jointly with the Meteor M mission of the Russian State Space Corporation Roscosmos. Final launch preparations are currently being performed. The D-Star repeater and beacon frequencies are uplink 437.325 and downlink 435.525. And ever since the launch of Oscar 1 in 1961... It's been traditional for the amateur radio satellites to carry the name OSCAR for orbiting satellite carrying amateur radio. At the request of the original Project OSCAR organisation, AMSAT North America now administers the numbering of OSCAR satellites. A listing of all 90 satellites that have received OSCAR designations has been posted to the AMSAT website, and as with all URLs and points of contact for stories in the WIA National News, you can find this information in the text edition of our news at wia.org.au. Now, a simple 40-metre dipole supports an advanced Mars radar. The venerable HF dipole has found a new home and purpose in space. The Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionospheric Sounding, MARSIS, on Mars Express, uses a simple 40-metre dipole as the antenna for its subsurface sounding radar. A dual-channel low-frequency sounder operates between 1.3 and 5.5 MHz for subsurface sounding and between 100 kHz and 5.5 MHz for ionospheric sounding. It's the first high-frequency sounding radar operating from orbital altitudes since the Apollo 17 lunar sounder in 1972, and the ARRL News say the sounder has already obtained returns from several kilometres below the Mars surface. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers, it's time once again for the IARU Region 1 December Yota event when several youngsters from member societies will become active with Yota as the suffix in their call sign. From Friday 1st of December to Sunday 31st of December 2017, the annual Youth on the Air event takes place and Yota stations will attempt to make many contacts worldwide with each other. This is a golden opportunity to get young amateurs in their teens and early 20s up on the air with their counterparts. And finally, Special Interest Group Summits on the Air. November the 18th sees the next annual Europe to North America SOTA Summit to Summit event, where SOTA activators will be out on both continents trying to make contact. So look for stations to be spotted on the SOTA cluster at sodawatch.org. And that's all I've got. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. You are tuned to VK1 WIA News. This news broadcast can be heard on linked repeaters VK6 AUF Perth 438.525 and VK6 RMS Mount Saddleback 147.250 Sundays 9am and 7pm. I'm Trevor, VK6 YJ. It may still seem some way off, but the Central Coast ARC are very busy in the organisation stages of the Wyong Field Day for the 25th of February 2018. 
The biggest news is that we will have a lecture on space weather from Phil Maher of the Australian Government's Bureau of Meteorology. This one filled the room in 2017, so make sure you get in early for a seat in 2018 for the new lecture. Something new we're looking at in 2018 is a two-part lecture, Principles and Practical. It is hoped to cover how one designs a filter or duplexer in the first lecture, and then in a second part later in the day, a practical demonstration will be made of a completed unit. Kevin, VK2KJV, is our expert on hand for this two-part presentation. How about a subject that everyone says they know, but a lecture that will prove to you that you don't? Brian, VK2GCE, will enlighten attendees on the hidden mysteries of why a crystal set works at all. He will cover construction tips and tricks that improve the receiver's performance. Brian also invites attendees to bring along their own crystal sets, or at least some digital pictures that can be shown on the big screen, so a discussion and workshop can ensue. For more details, go to the Field Day website at fieldday.org.au. Would you like to present something that particularly interests you, whether old or new technology, as long as it's in some way amateur radio related, we still have some free slots for lectures or demonstrations. Please send Bob, Victor Kilo 2, Alpha Oscar Radio, an email, Victor Kilo 2, Alpha Oscar Radio, at bigpond.com. For the Central Coast ARC Field Day at Wyong 2018, this is Ed DD5LP. Now we do continue on the social scene, still in 2018, March 25 in VK3 EMDRC's Hamfest at the Great Ryrie Primary School Heathmont, May 4-7 in VK4 the Clearview Gathering, and on the social scene 2017, November 25 coming up, VK3 at 3pm Melbourne QRP by the Bay at Chelsea Beach. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.